keep up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. Today's Friday, April 22nd. Happy Earth Day. And in this week's show, I'll be sharing briefly the latest news about affordable housing in Cape Elizabeth, where I live and own mixed-use real estate with my husband in the town center district. For out-of-state listeners, the subject of affordable housing in the town of Cape Elizabeth has been in the local and national news on account of a gigantic low-income housing project that's proposed for the center of town that we are going to vote on in November, known as Dunham Court or Plan A, and Plan B, an alternative affordable housing proposal that I, along with others, are working to also get on the ballot that will allow for the development of community housing for families on town-owned land that was left to the town in 1825 for the purpose of housing people without means. So the first news is that 400 signatures (laughs) We've reached a milestone of 400 signatures as of today, and it was especially nice to um, finish strong in the neighborhood of Oakhurst. So we're on track to reach the target of 900 signatures by June 1st, and I will keep you posted. It's been really phenomenal talking to so many people in town. It's been a great experience for the most part. Um, I know I've, I've kidded about several angry confrontations and there were there were several (laughs) uh and in some other show i might talk to you about them but for today i just want to report that um things are going according on schedule um it's been great i really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to me whether you sign or don't sign uh it's just great i think that we're having this public conversation so thank you to everyone in cape elizabeth who has signed especially um the uh, the Oakhurst neighborhood today that helped me get across the 400 signature milestone. Uh, and other news, in the appointments committee last night at the town council appointments committee in our town of Cape Elizabeth, I think it's great that uh, at least the draft charge of the uh, citizen committee, what's been referred to as the housing diversity committee, but I don't know if that's going to ultimately be its name, the committee that the town council is um, putting together pursuant to the comprehensive plan that's going to look at and report on a variety of housing options in our quest to help solve the housing shortage. And uh, last night they decided to include looking as an option or, you know, exploring as an option affordable housing on municipal land. In other words, they're including looking at community housing, which is great. And, and and the reason is because it's a really good idea. And just to remind people, the idea is that the town of Cape Elizabeth owns land, 77 acres left of the Thomas Jordan estate. It's on the east side of Sperwink Road that I believe can accommodate a 10-acre parcel to commit to a neighborhood of affordable housing. It's a good idea because it'll be less expensive to taxpayers because we won't have to finance the acquisition of real estate and it'll be affordable housing in perpetuity because we own the land so it's a good idea and that's why people are signing the petition and that's why the committee of citizens charged with looking at options at least at this point are interested in community housing or at least exploring the option of affordable housing on town-owned land municipal land Um, and we have a little bit more information um, you know that there's some confusion and I think purpose, purposeful misrepresentation by opponents of Plan B uh, about the location. And the bottom line is there's no evidence available at this point 
to specifically identify where there's no map of the 77 acres that I'm aware of yet, although I've put in a request to the town manager for all of the information regarding the land that was left to the town by Thomas Jordan, and he, thankfully, is working on providing that information. But in the meantime, he did clarify something that I that I believe to be true, and that is that it's it's in the Goldcrest area, but it's north of the, the athletic fields. It has nothing to do with the athletic fields. It's in the area of um, the transfer station, and in his email to me today just to tell me that he's working on it. He said that the 77 acres that I think you're referring to as part of the original parcel is the segment where the town recycling facility is, as well as the public works facility, Portland Water District facility, and the 180-foot communications tower. None of this acreage is part of the Goldcrest parcel. This would be north of the Goldcrest parcel. So it's basically where I thought, which is sort of on the road along Spurwink, uh, where the, like, between the swap shop and the um, water, the water district building. So all, you know, along that road where there are no athletic fields and there are a few trails, but they're definitely not, um, they're, they're not, it's not the area that people use for recreation. Uh, so that's, that's the news. Um, next week, I hope to get over the hump in terms of we need 900 signatures by June 1st and at 450, obviously we'll be halfway and uh and that's exciting and you know i just want to comment some people wondering why why am i doing all the work me cynthia dill and it's for those of you who are uh, lord of the rings fans it's a little bit like you know i'm mr frodo this is my burden at this point is to carry plan b to the people because although the idea of community housing calling it community housing is mine and putting it on the ballot this november as an alternative to dunham court is mine the actual idea, the fundamental idea that we're talking about, which is using this land for the purposes of providing housing for people without substantial means, was Thomas Jordan's and his wife Mary's. And it's a good idea, and it's worked in our town history. We, we were successful in, in using this land in the past, and so there's no reason to think we can't be successful going forward. Um, I just... I can't help but um, chuckle a little bit at um, the Dunham Court team. Is that you know they're putting on a full court press? Uh, I think mostly it's unfortunately somewhat personal, petty politics, and um, just some very strong feelings by people who had a lot invested emotionally and uh, politically, and in some cases financially. Um, Dunham Court just kind of mad that they got upstaged and left at the altar and so they're lashing out but I think most of the people I talk to um, see through it but but the lead the lead one of there's a there's a team of lead cheerleaders for Dunham Court and and one of them is this this guy who created a website okay I just <laughs> I just chuckle that um, this guy in town created a website to help explain my idea I mean there's nothing like a guy with a website to explain a woman's good idea and the thing that cracks me up is in providing his his so-called facts. He he doesn't disclose the fact that his profession actually is um, senior real estate relationship manager with broad experience in term bridge and construction lending across all property types nationwide, with a focus on the Northeast U.S. specific expertise in affordable and conventional finance. So he is. Um, he says that he created a website to explain my proposal, Plan B, 
and put out all the facts and understand in a transparent way, except disclosing that, you know, actually, I think it's reasonable to infer that the only reason this guy is so energized about Dunham Court is because it might lead <laughs> to, to him making a loan, to his bank making a loan, his bank, PNC, that he works for, um, that, you know, makes lots of money, um, lots and lots of money, um, bundling, syndicating, um, buying, selling these low-income housing tax credits. I mean, this is a national business. People wonder where the intersection of Wall Street and Main Street is, and this is it. There's these low-income housing projects, they, they're a, a package that investors love because they have uh, the front of a somewhat so-called progressive cause, right? They say it's affordable housing when it's actually low-income housing. And the reason why it's low-income housing is because low-income housing therefore makes the developers eligible for these low-income tax credits, which people like this guy, this cheerleader, who, who set up a website to explain Plan B, they um, buy and sell and bundle and trade on Wall Street and make a gazillion dollars. Thing two, the, uh, the team, Dunham Thing two, is the former town council chair. And, you know, just... <laughs> There's no wonder that the Dunham Court proposal actually makes sense to him because <laughs> he wrote a letter to the editor that um, he, he, according to this guy, he says that the reason why I'm doing all this work for Plan B, the reason why I'm spending hours walking around the town, talking to people, collecting signatures, and being yelled at uh, by people who have been misinformed by my position on Dunham Court, the reason why I'm doing it, according to this guy, is this is what he wrote, quote, to create a permission structure to allow people to feel okay about voting no on the initial referendum by also voting yes for an obtuse idea with little detail attached to it that more likely than not won't actually become a reality. I mean, it's complete gibberish. It's it's complete nonsense, and, and it, it's no wonder why the marketing um, PowerPoint materials were so powerful and convincing um, him that Dunham Court was a good idea. Uh, and and then there's the um, other team member who, uh, you know, feels so passionate about Dunham Court that apparently has given up her position on the planning board. And I would just say to, to, to now fight against creating affordable housing on town-owned land, to now fight against refugee housing, that's the mission. And I would just point out that, um, you know, for anyone to criticize my legislative skills. Okay, I'm, I have a public, I went to a public interest law school, Northeastern. I have um, a track record of, among other things, drafting the amendment to the state budget that exempted Cape Elizabeth and other high-performing and efficient schools from consolidation under the Baldacci administration. It was an amendment to the state budget that had to pass by a two-thirds majority in a bipartisan uh, vote in, as, a lead, as a freshman. And also passed wrote, sponsored, the first in the nation dark fiber bill. Actually, I didn't write. I was the sponsor. It was written, by, obviously, by the um, the revisor's office. But so that that's my accomplishment record, just my, those two examples. And I would just say that this person, um, this third cheerleader of Dunham Court's record is drafting or at least lobbying for the legislation that created the main indigent <laughs> legal defense uh, commission that is an absolute disaster and disgrace. So I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that, um, that Plan B, as drafted, is, is exactly what 
good public policy should look like. It's it's public policy beginning with a vision, beginning with um, values from the community level about what we want and what's fair and what can solve problems. And in this case, it's um, it's very clear. It creates the definition of community housing and it identifies where it can be located and it borrows the minimum lot size from the RA district and borrows the density from the RC district. So it's all things consistent with CAPE's zoning ordinance. It's multiplex housing, which for those of you who want an example of multiplex housing, I guess recently Maxwell Farms is a good example. But uh, previously, right in the same area on Starbird Drive, Old Colony Village is a lovely example of multiplex housing in that zone. Um, so, you know, the Plan B is not about me creating a permission structure for anyone. It's about trying to, you know, solve a problem in a way and, and create public policy in the public interest. And um, But these, these the Dunham Court team, the enthusiasts who, um, I, you know, are just so dead set on defeating Plan B, none of them have yet to articulate in any <laughs> degree, like what is good about Dunham Court. None of them can controvert the financial analysis that I've presented. None of them can explain why Cape Elizabeth should spend so much money for so little on a project that excludes kids by virtue of it being 49 one-bedroom unit apartments and excludes our workforce by virtue of it restricting residents, tenants of to very, very low income. So the ad that people saw um, in this week's Cape Courier, I just want to go through it real quick because, um, I mean, ads, you know, really, if, if you have thin skin, you shouldn't get involved in politics. And so I can, I, I, I can take it. I contributed uh, in part to an ad that was placed in the Cape Courier about Dunham Court. I don't recall it including any hyperbole or misrepresentations, and I wouldn't have signed on if it had. The ad in um, the most recent Cape Courier that says, attention capers, do not sign. I just want to um, just go through some quick points. Um, first of all, there's nothing dangerous about putting a question on the ballot, okay? As I've said earlier, the question is very simple. It adds a definition, and before it goes on the ballot, it's going to go through the town attorney. And so if there's anything unlawful about it, it won't go out to public referendum, but but there's not. And so first the ad says that they're urging you not to sign the petition because it impacts an extensively used area. It says Plan B proposes the development of Gullcrest, an area we value for existing recreational use and open space. Well, Plan B um, proposes the development of community housing on the land that was left by Thomas Jordan somewhere on that 77 acres. That's the intent. The Obviously, it would not. <laughs> um, it says that the they, they totally speculate about an existing wetlands and appears that the only viable 10-acre location would result in the loss or relocation of two athletic fields. That's complete and utter nonsense um, has nothing to do with plan B um, plan B is creates the definition the town council would then look for 
an appropriate spot. Obviously, it wouldn't put community housing on the athletic field. Uh, it says likely burden Cape taxpayers. Well, first of all, I would just note that the burden of Dunham Court Plan A on Cape, ta- Cape taxpayers is huge, huge. Okay, millions and millions of dollars will go from Cape, Cape taxpayers for the purpose of buying prime real estate to benefit a for-profit real estate developer. And I just, you know, a couple people at the door were very offended because they felt that when I talk about the developer, somehow I'm identifying Nathan Zanton personally. First of all, I don't know Nathan Zanton personally. Okay, I've seen him at the Bay Club for like 25 years. But other than that, I have no personal relationship. And he is not personally invested in Dunham Court. He's he's not personally putting his name on anything in any personal capacity. He's not putting any of his personal money into it. There's nothing personal about the transaction. It's a like a, a network of corporations that all are attached to multi-million dollar companies. I mean, there's a so, so there's nothing personal about attacking the developer because the developer of Dunham Court is a corporation. It's a for-profit, non-resident corporation. And it will burden Cape taxpayers. But it's not true that a community housing couldn't uh, enable developers to take advantage of the various programs and incentives that there are out there for developers to create housing. There's, there's no, there's no. I've spoken with the governor's office about this. I've done the research. There's no reason to think that leased real estate development, you know, of affordable housing can't get financing. Uh, and the no sewer connection. I mean, that's just that's almost laughable. I mean, the the land in question is about a stone's throw away from the sewer treatment plant. Now, you may think that the oh, isn't that terrible? Well, it's it's not. There's there's housing around. It's it's absolutely fine, but it's a fact that the land in question is a stone's throw away from the sewer treatment plant. And so any infrastructure to create sewer is is not going to be um, very extensive. And I would just note that the physical characteristics of this land as described by a document created by our town planner says that the site, at least the Gullcrest site, which and this document says includes the easterly portion of the old poor farm. So we have to obviously identify exactly where the 77 acres of the the town farm was, but the site includes, according to this document, significant public facility investment, including a sewer treatment plant, town recycling center, and public works garage. There's an existing road network and parking areas to support these functions. So the, the notion that there's going to be some big infrastructure suck if this community housing goes through is is nonsense. <laughs> this the most extraordinary um, misrepresentation is that plan- it says according to this advertisement that was paid for by the Dunham Court supporters. Um, it says Plan B is not walkable to schools, community services, library, and stores. Well, that's not true because there's a green belt trail that connects Goldcrest in that area. To schools, it's a lovely <laughs> walk. I mean, it's 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 um, it. I mean, so it's it's definitely walkable because um, I walk it all the time, and 
it says that according to this ad the sponsor you know proposes that the town retain ownership of the real estate which will reduce the property tax benefit well nope wrong again because what you do in circumstances like this where there's not uh, normal real estate property taxes that would accrue to the town is you do a tax you do a payment in lieu of taxation that's what like universities and hospitals and nonprofits do to contribute to the tax base they don't pay taxes they're exempt from taxes but they pay a payment in lieu of taxation and so that would be negotiated because any real estate developer would reasonably expect to include in its operating expenses taxes to support the local municipalities infrastructure so there would be um, certainly tax revenue and the last um, argument that the Dunham Court supporters um, make for not signing Plan B is that the ordinance change would be premature and I mean there's no time like the present the conversation around affordable housing has never been more robust in Cape Elizabeth we're at a crossroads of defining who we are and what we stand for. Are we going to vote for Dunham Court? Are we going to vote for community housing? Now is the perfect time for a community to get behind the concept of a very realistic vision of creating affordable housing on town-owned land that can accommodate families. So um, I think that all of this is sort of by way of, of backdrop to kind of the bigger issue and the, and the, and the insult that the supporters of Dunham Court suggest that that somehow Plan B, if I talk about the Ukrainian war or providing housing for refugees, they mock that as if it's uh, somehow exploiting a crisis and uh, and that I'm not sincere and that that the intent is not um, valid or realistic. And again, that there's um, there's no reason to think that this area of town where we own the land that once housed residents without means couldn't do so again in a in a really innovative and and great way that nurtures families that cre- that creates housing that could accommodate families because that's what we do in Cape Elizabeth is raise kids and put them through good schools and we have a lot of open space um, but the thing the, the broader point is that you know the whole Ukraine war is based in so much on on misinformation that the Russian government propaganda that used to justify Russia's invasion, the propaganda by the the government about how Ukrainians are Nazis and that the Russian-speaking Ukrainians need to be liberated and that they're winning the war, yada, yada, yada. They've put up a complete iron curtain. The people in Russia, we've read all the stories, right, are being convinced falsely that they uh, are in a just war and and might win and you know you think about the misinformation around around here around, we have we have to be careful about the the misinformation I mean the big issues are you know truth access to information misinterva- misinformation well um, when it comes to this housing issue uh, you know this this website that's put up by a banker about facts um, the ads I think that contain um, misleading suggestions I think Cape Elizabeth can see through that you know and I hope that we can and and I worry a little bit now that like Jeff Shedd um, is Jeff Shedd is the principal was the was the principal 
at the high school the whole time that my kids were there. I've known the Shed family since we've moved to Cape Elizabeth. My kid used to play with their kid. I absolutely think Jeff Shedd was a great principal. I've never complained about him. I've never, he just was a great principal. I've always defended him. And I have nothing to say negatively about Jeff Shedd, but the fact is, is that he has no expertise in housing. And now he's a volunteer writer for the Cape Courier. And I just hope, I hope he discloses that he testified in support of Dunham Court and he refused to sign Plan B. So those are just facts that even if he intends to write objective information about this housing issue, I just worry a little bit that our local paper is, um, you know, we have to just, uh, everybody has to, I guess, check their own motives and, and you know, and, and filter information, understanding what other people's motives are. And my motives in working on Plan B are, are very simple. Um, I worked very hard to put Dunham Court out to referendum because I believe very strongly that it's not in the public interest. And through that process, uh, was maligned and accused of racism and challenged, really, to, to, to come up with a better alternative. And Plan B, like I said, the, the petition idea was mine only because I had just done it and I had the clipboards and I know the process and it's, you know, now we have the time until November. But the um, the motive is to actually help solve the problem. And, um, and so I'm just going to keep talking about it and keep working on it. And I hope, I hope you do too. Uh, so I'm going to keep up, keep at it. Um, and I hope I hope you do too. And again, thanks for everyone who's been signing the petition. It's been really a great and wonderful experience. I love living in the town. Um, we're about to embark on a construction project. The end goal being the creation of an accessory dwelling unit. So I'm working on uh, creating housing. I'm working for creating community housing. And, and, and the reason is very simple. It's because I really feel strongly that public policy should be in the public interest and that if we're going to invest a substantial amount of money and time and energy and land and resources that we should do it in a way where the the benefit outweighs the cost and and in my view putting plan b on the ballot is a very stark contrast of of public policy perspectives. On the one hand, we have the Dunham Court model, which is a layer cake of public subsidy that results in millions of dollars in profit to a for-profit corporation and a short-term, like, I think, unsatisfactory fix to the housing shortage in our town because it'll result in a net gain of 23 one-bedroom unit apartments for 45 years and call us, cost us, you know, over $13.5 million. Plan B, on the other hand, the fiscal note is zero. Okay, if we plat pass Plan B and the zoning ordinance is amended to include community housing, it'd be the first in the state. We would be setting an example, leading by example in Cape Elizabeth, to creating a legal pathway to the creation of affordable housing on town-owned land. So stick with Plan B. Stick with me here on Keep Up. And until next time, this is Cape Elizabeth.